0: Welcome to Appalachian 1800, 1800 seconds, 30 minutes, one half hour of news and information on 90.5 WASU. Hey, everyone. My name is Clyde Cohen, and I'm here with Grayson Oxendine-Parr, a senior here at App who is majoring in music industry studies. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, thank you so much again. I'm super excited. This like, whenever you first, like, reached out to me, I was like, wow, I feel important. Like, <laughs> of I <course>. feel special. <laughs> that's sick um but yeah my name is Grayson Oxonine Parr I'm a senior at Appalachian State studying music industry studies um I am I'm a dual concentration um I do recording and production and marketing and promotion but I'm primarily recording I guess it's like kind of more my passion is the recording side um and yeah I've been here like I guess like it's my third year at app really um and yeah I've been cherry etiquette um I, I do a lot of, uh, I work with like engineers. I do a lot of stuff like on campus, um, and uh, involved with the DIY scene with my band and stuff like that, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess just to get things started, I'll, um, I'll start by asking, what initially attracted you to studying <laughs> here at App State?
1: Yeah, um, so initially, um, I, so whenever I was in high school, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, and I went to this high school called Grimsley uh, <laughs> and I uh, knew a couple of upperclassmen, I guess I was a sophomore and they were seniors who got into the music industry studies program. Okay. And so I had like never went to the studio or the music building or anything like that beforehand, but like I would see them on like Instagram posting all the time and like just on social media, on Snapchat, like being in the studio and recording. And it wasn't even necessary that I was all that interested in audio engineering at first. I was just really obsessed with the music industry in general For sure. and just just seeing like that there was an option to music besides like performing or education was like really enticing so um that's kind of how I was introduced to the program and then like junior year I toured App and I was like this is where I want to be I really like to place <laughs> um and so that's how I uh that's how I guess how I got introduced to the program and how I got introduced to school because I'm really and I might get into this later but this the facility that we have at App there's like easily no competition in the state yeah yeah we have like an incredible facility like just the the equipment that we have it's it's incredible and like at the time i didn't realize that because i I really didn't know much about recording i was just like oh cool studio but like i (laughs) am so glad i picked this program because just comparing it to other programs that are like i guess like you know competable with like app in general like for sure yeah nc elon stuff like that um nc state and stuff like that it's like there's there's no competition like this is the best program in the state probably
0: yeah, no. And that's so interesting. I feel like, um, well, I mean, the Hayes School of Music definitely doesn't get like overlooked, but I feel like a lot of students here who aren't involved with it might not even realize how big of a deal it is. But kind of going off of like it being renowned for its music program, what would you consider your most memorable experience like in regards to, um, to that major and in, in the program mm-hmm. here?
1: Yeah, I would. So for me, again, like I said, weirdly enough, when I like auditioned and applied for the program, I, I I, wasn't even all that crazy about audio engineering as a whole. I just was like, the music business is cool. The studio is cool. Making music's fun. Like, it, it, it wasn't <laughs> like I was thinking that hard about it, you know? So I think like one of the like most memorable experience, uh, experiences like through the program that I've had that made me go, okay, yeah, this is like I I see audio engineering as like so much cooler now, or like, this is what I want to do, I guess, Um, was uh, when I was doing like live at RFG. um, And like, now I'm lead engineer for live at RFG, but at the time it was like 2019, I was a freshman. And uh, they just had like little, you know, helpers or whatever, like, oh, go grab us like coffee, go like set this microphone, whatever. Um, And we had (laughs) (laughs) self-help who I don't, and I'm not sure if you know self-help because like they were like sort of heading out the door when I was heading in the door. but self-help, I like, did live at R G, and I just think, like, the whole experience of, like, it just, it's, like, a controlled chaos, because this is like, before COVID, too. So, I mean, we have, like, the band come in, and mm-hmm. then the band has their friends come in, and then you have all the engineers and the helpers who are, like, helping set up cameras and set microphones, and then you have the film crew come in, and then you have, like, people hanging on the studio. It's, like, the whole production experience, and it's just, like, a little microcosm of, like, I guess, the industry, you know? You see, like, yeah. the whole the whole so i think just like seeing and then seeing of course like the lead engineer at the time like be there at the board you know you start hearing like all this all the tracks come in one by one you know like kick drum then you start hearing the snare then they get in the bass and the guitar and then like they all play together and it's like such that was like it was like the magic i guess i'm sure (laughs)
0: yeah seeing everything fall into place like that must have been so interesting yeah it's, it's weird to imagine like before covid like events like that going on i'm a sophomore here so i have i okay. wasn't here like before um yeah, right. before any of that stuff but that mm-hmm. sounds just like you said like it'd be magical <laughs>
1: yeah and, and it was just like and this thing is kind of it's getting back there now that like covid certainly isn't over but now that we like uh, you know have vaccines where we understand better how the virus works and stuff like Mm-hmm. um you know I, I, I'm i pretty sure everyone in the studio is like vaccinated at this point so yeah. um it's like kind of getting back to that original you know like oh, that's so exciting like live. but like yeah when I was a freshman it was incredible just like seeing you know and, and and what makes it even cooler with the program that's like so unique with other programs too is the fact that like um you know you have class with these people then you go to shows and they're on stage and then like you get in a band and you start playing <laughs> shows with people and it's like this is so weird. Cause you're just like my classmate in the day. And then at night you're like my, you know, like your here. superhero the,
0: identity comes out.
1: Yeah, literally. So <laughs> it's, it's so unique to like any other major. I mean, I have friends who are no. like, this is stuff. And it's like, I don't know the person next to me. And it's like, I know this whole person's discography and I love their music and they're going on tour and blah, blah, blah. You know,
0: what's your primary creative outlet in terms of, of music or just anything.
1: Okay. So I love like answering this question now because two years, maybe even a year ago would have been so different, but like now that I'm, I've had so much more experience and I guess like exposure to like the real world, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> it's like I, I finally have kind of found like my little my my spot. Um, but for me, my favorite thing is is not like so much creating music for myself, but I love when people come to me and say, like, I have this song, and all they have are like the, the vocals and a guitar. That's all they yeah. have. And and I love when people come to me and go, I had the song, what should we do with it? That's my like where I'm in my most creative. Zone is is like having someone have their idea and be like, let's dress it up. You know, I I don't know. It's just like for me when I produce my own music, it's so much more stressful. It's so much. It's it's not as pleasant and enjoyable because I think I'm worrying about so many other aspects. Mm-hmm. But I love having someone come in and be like, hey, I just have this little song. And then after working with them with a month, you know, for a month, we have like, well, like helping them
0: expand album. upon it and everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. It's like helping people flesh it out, or and I like how I like to compare it to. It's like it's like having like a marble statue like the 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 idea is there you just have to chip at it it's not like you're creating something from scratch in my head it's like it's there you just got to find it and so for me like it, and that's how audio engineering has become so much more impactful and so much more like exactly I, I this is what I want to do is because that's like the primary role of like an audio engineer producer um so to speak you know it's it's like you know Dr. Dre or something like that right <laughs> um that like just being in like the behind the scenes and like going okay this is what I'm hearing I don't know if you're hearing this but I'm hearing this and then you just like take it to a whole nother level because you're combining this person's great idea with your great ideas and that's probably like really like my sweet spot creatively
0: absolutely that's (laughs) I, I think it's so cool that that's kind of a new well relatively speaking new interest of yours that you've found is your your favorite aspect of it recently I was talking to some of my friends who who are in a band and I was talking to them about like um an idea for a song I had and we were talking about the same thing just how you can take the most bare bones like acoustic song for example and then turn it into like almost a whole different genre just through Mm -hmm. filters of like reverb and um, everything um Mm -hmm. I completely understand how you find that interesting
1: and to me it's like something I mean and and like to me how like I said how I see it's more like the marble statue kind of idea. But, like, I've also heard, like, Jack White from The White Stripes, he, like, sort of explained it almost as, like, it's the closest, like, you know, I don't want to be do blasphemous or nothing, but, like, it's the <laughs> closest you are to God because it's, like, you're taking nothing and turning it into, just, like, a, something that has, like, a life and a personality and, like, a character. Like, I'm, I mean, even working, like, right now I'm working with a band that's kind of, like, in the metal genre, and, yeah. and I don't listen to as much metal, but, I mean, I definitely appreciate, like, hard rock, and so I kind of take my influence and go, like, you know, when I'm working with a vocalist, I'm like, okay, what's the character we're trying to achieve? And like helping coach musicians like that is great. Cause they don't think of it like that because the artists, you know, sometimes when you, like I said, again, in front of a microphone and you have like headphones on and I'm in your ear going like, okay, here's the take, look, you know, go. It's like, you get, yeah, you, start you get mechanical. overwhelmed. Yeah. So that's, that's what I just like so much as like, you know, even just like helping develop artists, like going like, okay, no, let's do another take. This needs yeah. to be more aggressive. This needs to be harder. This word, I want it to be like hit harder. And like, just getting that like it's just amazing. It's incredible. I know Absolutely. I've been harping on it, but it's just it's just so like I think people don't talk that much about the like that creative element of audio engineering. I think they they just think oh the artist just goes in and does it. It's like there's so no. much uh, people skills involved with it. Too, you know?
0: there are. It's exciting <laughs> too, just seeing you like getting sp- like passionate talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, what first sparked your your love of music? Um, do you was there like a specific that you can recall
1: oh my god totally i have like a core like you know the core memory thing that's going on for like oh this is a core memory (laughs) absolutely all my life i'd done music like music was not brand new to me when i was like in elementary school i went to like an expressive arts school so like music was like just as important to the curriculum as like math science you know like english whatever um and all of middle school i was in violin in high school i was like very lucky to go to a high school that had like IB music perspectives and AP music theory so like I, I still got to do you know music stuff um but for me I remember so vividly um I went with my mom to the library randomly and it's just you know whatever just hanging out and we went to like the CD section and my mom's like a huge Elton John fan and she mm-hmm. got the documentary um it's like the t- uh tantrums and Tears or something or tears and tantrums and I got um like give me shelter which is the Rolling Stones documentary oh, yeah yeah I don't know if you have you seen it
0: I have seen parts of it. I haven't watched yeah. it all the way through, but we were yeah. talking about it in one of my classes recently.
1: Oh my God. Okay. It, that was like, that was the moment for me. And and for people who haven't seen it, it's literally um, the Rolling Stones basically tried to do like a Woodstock part two. <laughs> and they were like, okay, we're going to be like the Woodstock of the West Coast in California and did this concert called Altamont. Um, And it ended up being a hot mess. It was awful. And like, mostly because there was way too many people there. Mm. And it was just like the the death of the hippie era. And they had like the Hells Angels as, you know, the bouncers and the security. And it was just awful. It it, it turned out terrible. But the whole documentary is so raw. And it just follows them from going to like Muscle Shoals where they recorded um, sticky fingers and they're in the studio and they're all hanging out and then they go and they're in the hotel and then they go and they're at this concert. And then at one point it it goes to like a newscast from where like the newscaster's talking about like four people died but four people were born. And it's like it's it's like so cliche, but it's like sex, drugs, rock and roll. Like it was that whole like enticing like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Like (laughs) this is crazy. I don't know. And and it's old because it's I mean it's from like 1970. It's it's not like as relevant to the industry now. But just, like, watching that documentary, that's when I got so hot and heavy into the Rolling Stones, like, listening to them. And then that just sparked my love for, like, all kinds of older music. Like, I just fell in love with, like, Led Zeppelin. And it just, it mm-hmm. just kept going. And then that was, like, when I was super, like, okay. Like, I want to be in the music industry, like, to some capacity. I don't know what I want to do. But, like, I want to be in the music industry. So, like, that documentary just, it, weirdly enough, I don't I don't know if it was because, like, I fell in love with the Stones and the other yeah. music and that music maybe fall. But it was just the whole ambiance i don't
0: know what a classic answer like to the question yeah. i love that so much that's yeah. so cool um i can definitely say like classic music is what mm-hmm. created my my taste in music too yeah. um like without a doubt my dad yeah. i grew up listening to like my favorite artist of all time is bob dylan because um, oh, yeah. my dad like would listen to him and like the dead and the stones mm-hmm. just yeah. all the all the classic rock um, absolutely and it's artists.
1: here it's it's so funny because it's like all the, it most of the fans in boone they're all inspired by that too you know they it's are like it's crazy pride, you know? i mean
0: <laughs> one time i saw uh jacuzzi covered this like super niche like grateful dead song called mr charlie and i was like what the heck yeah, um, who would have thought so i know that you recently won like a scholarship mentorship with um with grammy Hugh. could you like maybe tell us a little bit about that like what it is and yeah. what you're going to be doing and everything
1: yeah. So the Grammy uh, thing got, actually kind of just really happened so randomly. I actually, yeah, and, and like Cherry Etiquette can attest because they were there when this happened. And even my roommates <laughs> were there too. But I, I literally found the application like online and was at Lily's, like literally sitting in the corner <laughs> applying for it, like on my phone, because like the deadline for it was like that night. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. God, I, I, like, I, I don't even know. It just was like, just scroll. I was like scrolling through my feed and saw it on like Instagram. I was like, ah so I was like Lewis in the corner like you know and like
0: <laughs> grinding it all out
1: fun. yeah like all these people I knew were like coming by me and I was like I'll talk to you in one minute hold on I, I, I really gotta get this done um but yeah it's basically Grammy U is owned by the Recording Academy who does the Grammy Awards okay. um and it is a, a basically like a mentorship program I, not so much mentorship but it, it gives you a bunch of different resources for young industry professionals. You have to be obviously in some sort of college or university studying the industry. Music industry okay. studies or music business, marketing, PR. It, it, it extends far beyond just recording. Um, so any any aspect of the music industry. In the music and so,
0: okay.
1: yeah. And so they do all kinds of different like seminars where you can speak with industry professionals. They offer like scholarship opportunities. Um, and so this mentorship program was one of the opportunities that they offer within the Grammy U sphere. Um, and so basically I applied for that and what they do is, uh, it, and got selected, thankfully. Um, and what they, what they do is they pair you up based on like your interests. And so I said, you know, I'm studying audio engineering. I'm really passionate about the audio tech side of things, but I'm mm-hmm. open to marketing and, you know, PR or management. Like I'm, I'm open to anything, you know, because I, I don't want to, you know, get to you know i was like i'll take anything you know if you're
0: yeah you you didn't want to like pigeonhole yourself or anything
1: literally i was like whoever i don't care um and uh but thankfully i was paired up with um this woman named maria rice who is a mastering engineer in boston and because uh, New York is kind of like where I'm trying to head after I graduate, I signed up for like the New York chapter of the Grammy U program and it, and it covers like Boston area, Connecticut, New England, Northeast basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we meet about like every two weeks over this phone on zoom. And we just like talk about different things. Like um, she'll do like my mix reviews and stuff. Like I'll send her a mix and she'll tell me like, which things like, you know, tweak this, you could take some of this out, you know, the frequency spectrum. It's, it's kind of the less glamorous side. It's not so much like, Oh, I like how pretty the drums is. It's like, oh, no, you need more compression here. You need to take out, you know, 200K. Your snare's like, I don't like your snare. You need to do something, you know, stuff like that. All but the nitty gritty. Yeah, and I, but I love it because it's like, you know, that's, I mean, that's a part of being great engineer. I mean, of course, there's the creative side, but it's like, no, I, I want to hear from like, I want to hear the numbers, you know and she's like so funny to me because she's so sweet and nice but as soon as we get into like work mode there's mm-hmm. it's no holds bar. like she's not like <laughs> oh like if i were you she's like you need to cut that out that's you know but that's like i love it it's like she's she tells you straight to your face like no that wasn't good but like that's what you need it's there there's yeah no, no. no
0: when it's something yeah. that you love that much like all that criticism <laughs> you just eat up i'm sure <laughs>
1: Yeah. And like when I was younger, of course, I was like, oh my God, you know, ah, You know, I was, <laughs> I was always so worried about like anyone. We have like mixed reviews at the studio for projects, um, like I, probably like three times a semester. And like the whole MUS program gets together. Everyone in the recording program, they used to be in person, but they're now on Zoom, but they get together and everyone shares their projects and you, and you're literally there to critique people's mixes and, and oh, wow. you know. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I, I, would just go, I would go, but I would never present anything. because so I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, people write on pieces of paper and then they anonymously put it in. You have to read all the comments. It's like, oh, I feel yeah. like
0: I'd, I'd feel like that, too. I just would be like, oh, my gosh, I it's, can't it's, take the heat if it comes my way.
1: Literally, it's, it's very intimidating. But like everyone, you know, is so kind. No one's, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's girls, all good nature, you know?
0: but it's still <laughs> scary, I'm sure.
1: Literally. So, but, um, but yeah, so that was, that's pretty much been my, my thing with the Grammy U and, and it's been new. Cause I, this happened in September was whenever I got accepted. Oh, then, wow. Yeah. So okay. it was very recent. So was recent. So yeah. Very still, still in the, in, in the mix of it all. So, yeah.
0: Interesting. That's so yeah. exciting.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and you worked at Bonnaroo as well, right?
1: Yes. What was that <laughs>
0: experience
1: like? Yeah. So, okay. So the only thing, I feel like a, a po- like a fake Bonnaroo worker or fake no. poster, <laughs> because I worked at this past Bonnaroo, which got canceled for anything really too exciting got to happen um because basically the hurricane
0: yeah. made
1: its way to Manchester Absolute and like flooded up it was I know it was so sad but um what I did get out of it was so cool i i like got there about a week before people were supposed to show up um okay. I, and I got there at like 10 at night it was it was kind of weird because they were like they gave me these weird paper instructions like they're like don't use google maps you're gonna get lost so it's like 10 at night i'm like what am i doing right now i don't know where i'm at it's the middle mm-hmm. of like tennessee and like, <laughs> i pull up and someone's like are you with the externs i'm like yeah and they're like come with me and it's like, you know, <laughs> like this way literally i'm like i can't say nothing uh, but um Yeah. So I I just did like a little externship, um, similar to like an internship, but it's just shorter. So that's why they call it extern. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was, I was one of seven people um, who was working there. And basically our job was really like behind the scenes, like, like kind of helping with the administration side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like, we helped a lot with volunteer or we, we were trained to help (laughs) the volunteers when they were coming to arrive. Um, and we like helped out like behind the stage, behind the scenes. And I think what really just sucked the most was that we were like one below all access, like on a wristband. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so you were like we were all close, planning on. You... Yeah. We were going to like, we were like, oh, when Dave, because food fires are coming, we're like, when Dave Roll gets here, we can get backstage. He's like, no one's gonna say anything because we had like these or, like official like yellow jackets, you know, like like the little like construction worker jackets <laughs> and like walkie talkies. It's like we can totally get back there. And no one's gonna say anything. No, yeah,
0: absolutely. Everyone else just like you belong there.
1: Literally. So that's what sucked the most. But um, most of the stuff beforehand was all this training to prepare for like the volunteers to get there. And we we're gonna shuttle them. We we're gonna help like with backstage support um, with any of the vendors if they needed help. Um, it was and it was mostly kind of like that. But then yeah, it started raining. It was super duper muddy. Um, and it was just like kind of unfortunate because a lot of people who I I actually knew plenty of people who were gonna go as just like guests to Bonnaroo.
0: I had a lot of friends who were planning on going too. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and they were messaging me like, "What is this about? Like, this is dumb." And I'm like, "Y'all, honestly, no, it's really bad here. Like, the mud was insane. Like, I had to go buy mud boots. It was oh like, wow, I didn't yeah. realize that
0: it was that bad. Oh, yeah. it it's was like really it's like Woodstock ninety four. <laughs> yeah, <that> the- <laughs> like the, yes, the,
1: reboot the like it was it was really I don't know. It was just, it was just so bad, but I think like Bonnaroo handled it as best as they could. And I, and I think that's the difference is like, as someone who's studying the industry, there's so many things that people don't realize about the industry yeah. that, that, that go into it. But like, no, one's going to make a split decision like that. You know, there's so millions of dollars invested in Bonnaroo beyond just ticket sales. You know, you have like all these vendors here, all the construction people who built the stage, all the, oh sound gosh, yeah. that so all many the- people are
0: relying on it as a business.
1: Yeah. Oh, and so many people are relying it for work. I mean, there's people there in the Bonnaroo circuit who do all kinds of festival work and that's their job. Like, you know, 365 is to work mm-hmm. these festivals. And if something gets canceled and they don't get paid, like, you know, so it's not an easy decision to go like, we're going to cancel this festival. And I, and I think yeah. it's hard for like my friends to understand because they're like, this was like three days beforehand. What the heck? And it's like, <laughs> from there the wasn't a flag. No, it,
0: yeah, it's not. <laughs> It's not like it's only affecting everyone who was planning on going so much goes into that. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, and that's, like I said, probably the biggest takeaway. And even like from a, like DIY level, like uh, recently cherry etiquette was going to play a show at ransom. Mm. And unfortunately ransom doesn't have a license to do cover music, which a lot of people don't realize bars have to have a license to do that. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So all <laughs> establishments that have um, like offer live music and stuff. Um, if you have a band that wants to play covers, you have to get a license for it. Um, and Interesting. Yeah, and 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 that basically pays artists for who are like songwriters and stuff for getting this music covered. Is it's, it's okay. a, whole big, a whole big hoopla, but um, and we had to pull out because at the time, like, we didn't have any original music, and you know, my bandmates were like, "This is stupid," and blah blah. blah. And I'm like, I mean, it sucks, but like, this is how but artists it makes sense. get paid. Yeah, yeah, artists get paid. Who I'm like, if I cover like Bob Dylan, you know, let's <laughs> say um, me that part of that license goes to you know Bob Dylan's uh, cat, well, I know he like actually sold his catalog but I have even played places where I was supposed to like I I played like somewhere like not Shatola, but it was like in Blowing Rock and I played and I got like paid really generously and I was supposed to play another gig the next month and they're like yeah we don't have a license to do covers so like we're having to cancel our music series like uh, you know and it's just like little small things people don't realize like the you know because they're like oh who cares and it's like well that's how you know people make money and beyond yeah. you know that's up how music. people
0: that's how people eat <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so I think that's like the biggest difference with like, you know, or like you see like the real world, so to speak, like play out mm-hmm. and, and people are like, this is crazy. This is dumb. And it's like, no, there's a, there's a whole system. I'm telling you, you know, absolutely.
0: So. I, yeah. I appreciate you talking about that. That's super yeah. insightful for those just now tuning in. My name is Clyde Cohen and I'm currently here interviewing Grayson Oxendine Parr. You mentioned that you're a part of uh, the DIY scene and cherry etiquette. Would you mm. mind like talking about that some and yeah. explaining what that whole experience is like I mean Boone's music scene is booming to say the mm-hmm. least
1: absolutely okay yeah I literally this is I love talking about the DIY scene especially being I always joke like an elder in the scene I love talking <laughs> about it because it's so different like You're when a I veteran. Was talking, yes yeah literally it's like it's so different but like the scene before and after COVID or whatever it yeah I love it how, sounds
0: like it was completely yeah. different before
1: so different and and I have like, I have a whole theory, but anyway, uh, with cherry, with cherry etiquette, um, basically I like, I've, I played live plenty of times before I was in, in bands before. Um, but I think that was something I was looking for in like my senior years. Like I want to play live again, but I don't want to be in anything like super, super serious. I was like super fortunate to be in and Lacey. I played with like Dylan Ennis and like, that was a phenomenal, oh, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Um, and, and the thing with, uh, Dylan is he's very like devoted to his um his craft like he he definitely wants to do music full-time and and that was like super fun but I guess like as a senior I was uh now I was kind of like I've had this experience of working with people who like it's it's their full-time thing it's what they really want to do but Mm and in in my place studying audio engineering I know that's what I want to do when I graduate that's what I want to do I don't want to I don't want to be a full-time musician I want to be in a in a group where like we're gonna go play but we're gonna have fun and and fun is kind of like the forefront if that makes sense for sure and like i said had a great time at an it was wonderful but it's it's a very different uh like way of approaching it you know um so i literally was just like oh it'd be so much fun to play live again and darren sophia who are my two bandmates um put a little ad on like the diy page on facebook and was like we're looking for two female musicians like a bass player and drummer we're like beginners so like (laughs) you know nothing too crazy blah blah and i was like yes this is exactly it because i had played drums before But I am by no means a drummer. Like it is not my first instrument at all. Yeah. So we all came together being like not incredibly great at our instruments. So it wasn't like I was like playing like like if I played keys or guitar, like saying it'd be it'd be kind of different. But like I was like, hey, I can kind of play drums, but let's all learn together and grow together. And that
0: makes it so much more, I don't know, freeing, I guess, because you're all learning together.
1: Yeah, and playing drum and playing drums is like such a different experience than playing any other instruments, like so much more interactive to me. And it's like it's, it's so different because it's like if you screw up everyone notices we're like sometimes if you screw up on guitar like people don't notice as much But like if you get <laughs> off beat like people notice when you're off beat and stuff like that. Um, so it's like such a whole different experience but um, I end up going to like New York for an internship over the summer so August like the first week of school was the first time we played together and like that next Saturday was Fem fest. Mm. So, oh, like, oh wow! Yeah, so we have like two weeks, and I'm like so proud of these girls. Julia's our bass player too. I don't think I, I said Julia's name, but like for me, I was about to vomit at Femfest. and I'm like, I've played so many shows, like i played to big crowds, but I was like about to flip out. I was like, I, this was that not a good
0: show media. was humongous. <laughs> I saw <laughs> photos. I unfortunately wasn't able to go to that one.
1: It was incredible, and the lineup was great. Like it's so much fun playing with a and Dave Haven, and um, Josie was there too. Um, mm-hmm. But. And I was I was literally about to vomit, and these girls were like, "Oh my god, he, 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 we're next!" And I'm like,
0: "What? Uh-huh. You've
1: never played in front of people before, and y'all are like, fine. I've played in front of so many people before. Like, and I'm it's freaking like, out. You know, yeah, and so yeah. it's so fun working with them because too, they have like this not not like a, in a bad way, like but like naivety, I guess, because they're just like, I want to cover a new song. When can we play again? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like so fun because it's refreshing because you know, if there's other people who are like kind of veterans, and it's like, oh, playing a show, it's like you it's, know, you it becomes
0: almost like a no, nah, I don't want to say it's sure because it's still what they're what they're passionate about. Yeah. But that initial, like, I don't know, honeymoon phase of Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely.
1: Bands definitely I feel like have honeymoon phases. And like even the bands that have been playing forever, it's like an old married couple, you know, like yeah. they love it, but it's not the same as like that first like taste. But um yeah, oh my god. And they and they are like killing it every week. They're like, We we need to learn new songs, we need to do this, 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 this. Um, and so yeah, now we've been playing since like August, and like now we have some more originals. At the time we like just did covers. Um, and none of them are like music majors. I'm the only like music major in the group. They're like, um, Darren Sophia advertising and Julia's photography. So, okay. um, yeah, so it's, it's been a blast. They're like so much fun. They're like, like my besties now, like, and and having a bandmate dynamic is so different than just like regular friends. It's like, you feel like a unit, you know, like you go out and people Definitely. are like, are etiquette, in or, like, you know, it's like it's, it's like you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in this club, you know, like ah, this is my group, you know, um, and you like have a little bit of pride. So and it's like so fun going out with them and like hanging out and like, you know, meeting other bands and networking in a way kind of. So, yeah,
0: that's the coolest. It really is like a little a little community.
1: It definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So kind of shifting gears, the news director, uh, Zachary Masters, he told me that um, you're also an advocate for for female audio engineers because the industry is pretty male dominated. Um, would you mind going into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Okay. First of all, Zach. Love Zach. Zach is best. <laughs> Zach did some stuff for live, live at RFG through TV. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. So, he's and, the and he like, did some uh, music stuff too at the uh, school of music, like was in the first audio class at our school. So he's yeah. the best luck. So I, first of all, we have a little group at App um, in the music program called Engineers, And it's our little group <laughs> for all the female engineers in the program. And actually we, we've extended it to like the marketing people um, concentrations too. So our group's like a little bigger. There's about, okay. I want to say like 10 of us in this group. Um, and I guess to give everyone perspective, there's about 60 people in the music program and there's probably, f- I think like five or six women who are recording. Like, Oh
0: my gosh, yeah. that's such a small amount. I didn't it's realize It's so small.
1: it's really small my class was probably the biggest because at one time there was four of us women in the in the in my class but when i was a freshman there was only two upperclassmen women Mm -hmm. and below me i i don't know as many freshmen but there's three sophomore or one junior three sophomore women i think or four maybe but um it's getting a little bit better but uh no the audio industry is hugely male dominated it's just I, and I really don't know the origin really behind that. I'm not completely sure, I guess, just because like STEM in general Maybe, is yeah. male dominated and, and audio engineering is under kind of the engineering a little bit umbrella. Um, but yeah, the music industry is just male dominated on all levels. Um, mm-hmm. And we basically, Anna is the president, she's my roommate too. Anna Iselle is the president <laughs> of Fim Engineers. And we basically sort of revived this program as a way to, you know, make sure that our the female identified people in our program could come to, you know, have a place where they can come and have like non-judgment, you know, because Mm -hmm. I I have had, you know, a very lovely experience in the industry. I've had a very lovely experience in the program, but it's so different going to my female peers about a mix or, you know, Hey, can you listen to my mix? Tell me how it sounds. Mm -hmm. It's so different having female peers critique your mix as opposed to male peers. And sometimes it's nice to talk about like, oh, this thing happened. And I just like kind of want to vent about it and have no judgment, you know? And we've had people really like, actually like in the past, like kind of like diss engineers as far as like, well, don't you feel that like the separation, oh my is like creating more separation and division. And like, I'm sure all you do is just sit around and talk about men and there's all these <laughs> jokes and stuff. And I'm like,
0: but yeah, no, it- that, that makes sense. I mean, um, not for any reason other than being a female in that industry is such a niche aspect. I think that that's so cool that you guys have kind of created a separate bubble. Um,
1: yeah, I like I said, I've, I've been very lucky that I haven't had any like very explicit experiences, but like sexual harassment is very prevalent in the industry. Yeah. I mean, people like thinking that you're like i mean even like i've gone to shows at tap and like one time i was with Adian and lacy and i walked in and they were like are you on the guest list and i was like walking in with my bandmates and i was like
0: no, <laughs> no i'm in the band, in the band. In the band. Yeah.
1: and stuff like that or just like you know just older men just kind of like oh what are the women you know it you know and i've been called like all kinds of names when really i was just being kind of firm and like being like hey i need this to happen and 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 stuff like that but Years, it's just like a little oasis you know it's it's not like every single day we we meet like once a week almost but um we also like have had workshops we've had people come in and speak who are women in the industry and it's just a nice place where you can like people understand but like you know you don't have to go into grave detail or nothing you know yeah, it's like yeah you just enjoy you know this and i i have so many awesome male advocates and like our professor um scott Wynn is incredible with um like the women in our program so i'm very lucky to be surrounded but like after being in new york like i i know it still exists, you know, Absolutely, oh, yeah. I, better? or whatever, so.
0: It's important <laughs> that um, everyone is comfortable doing what they, what they want to do, especially yeah. when it's what they're passionate about. And no, I think an oasis is a perfect word for it. I love yeah. that. Thanks. <laughs> so I also know that you've worked at a, um, a couple of different music studios. What, which ones were they?
1: Um, okay, so when I was like, I guess, the summer of my freshman year, going into sophomore year, so 2019, I worked at a little studio called Earth Tones in Greensboro, is like my hometown, um, and that was a really cool experience. And nice. it was so fun. The engineer there, his name's Benji. He's so nice. It was. It's like kind of like a. He does some, like some ADR, but he he does like rock music too. And he actually had like Corey Wong from Volpeck there. Charlie Hunter was there. No way. Yeah, I have videos. <laughs> like I had pictures and videos with him. I was like, hey, um, and they came oh in gosh. and recorded. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and he's done some stuff for like The Walking Dead, like some ADR audio um, dialogue replacement stuff. But um, yeah, that was really crazy that they both came in. They were like, he, he told me, he was like, uh, he had texted me earlier in the morning that day and was like, we have two special guests coming in the studio, just be prepared. And I was like, oh, okay, who's coming in Greensboro, North Carolina. And then Gore Wong shows up. I'm like, oh my God, what's oh going Oh my on? gosh. It was crazy. Um and then fast forward, um, COVID happens. Uh, so I worked at Food Lion that summer because <laughs> I was like, "What is something that's not closed and will pay me money?" <laughs> and so uh, end up working at grocery. It checks store. all the boxes. Literally, I was like, and that was an incredible experience. And it's for own separate reasons. Yeah, <laughs> uh, working at the grocery store during the pandemic was pretty wild. Um, uh, but anyway, so fast forward, um, summer 2021. This past summer, I was super fortunate to get an internship, um, in New York City at Engine Room Audio which, if anyone is, like, familiar with the New York landscape, it's mm-hmm. right in front of the Bull Statue. We're, bat- like, close to Battery Park. So it's okay. all the way to the-
0: yeah, I, I, I mean, I know where that is.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's all the way down, like, I would get off at, like, the Wall Street stop on the one train and, like, walk. And and so that's, it's, like, all the way to the bottom of Manhattan. It's so cool. um, Like, the Financial District. But it's yeah. primarily a hip-hop studio. I don't really hate hip-hop music. <laughs> so... <laughs> which wasn't a requirement by any means but um it was so interesting working there because i mean first of all like i said i was was, first of all lucky to work in new york during the summer because um it i mean new york was still getting over the pandemic i mean they were hit really hard um it was still like really quiet when i was up there this summer like there was things were happening but it just felt very different than the past times i've been in new york um and yeah, I got, just got very lucky that the studio was like had any offerings because it was so hard to find any sort of work beforehand. I mean, I applied to like 10 different things, got rejected everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chris um, Antry or Chris D'Angelo, he got married actually, um, helped me get the internship there. And it's a uh, major hip hop studio. Uh, like the second or third week I was there, Bobby Schmurter showed up. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they had Bobby Schmurter there. French Montana showed up. Raekwon, who's in Wu-Tang. They had Benny the Butcher. Yeah. Um, he came. Uh I'm trying to, I feel like I'm missing somebody that was like a really big person who came in, but um, yeah, so they all came. It was, it was, it's kind of like, that was like a little bit of the hub. And it was just interesting because it's like, weirdly enough, I like listened to Bobby Shmurto. as was like, like in high school and middle school. So I was like, oh my yeah. Man. But um, yeah. And create even learning from people who produce hip-hop there's so much that i took away from it because there's so much music that i like that incorporates like beat making or any sort of like electronic elements um absolutely and going there yeah and and they vocal production in general i'm not a strong vocal production person and going there they i mean they know how to do vocals and the biggest thing i learned is like when you're tracking hip-hop artists it's go 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 i mean mm-hmm. they do a line next next go go it's not like with rock music we're like at the studio and boone you know it's like Y'all ready for another take? Okay. Yeah.
0: A lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. in hip hop, I'm sure, is just off mm-hmm. off the rip.
1: Yeah. Because people, I mean, a lot of, like, these rappers, like, they're, like, in the zone or they, like, come up with a line and they're, like, okay, wait, wait, get it in, get it in, get it, you know? And so I kind of learned the value of, like, being able to track fast and keep people in in that zone. Because, um, like, always before, I'd always been kind of, like, you know, take your time whenever you're ready, <laughs> you know? And, and that's how people get out of their feel sometimes. Um, so that was, like, one of the biggest things I learned. And um, really, most of the stuff that I did was, like, kind of, like, kind of like the grunt work, I guess. Like I cleaned, I would set up for sessions <laughs> beforehand. I'd make sure all the microphones were still there. Um, and like one of the funniest things I did, they had a Benny the Butcher come in and he was actually doing like an NPR session. They had like oh, NPR wow. to do like, yeah, the filming. Yeah. Um, and so they had the film crew there. Benny the Butcher was there. He ended up getting in this massive fight with one of his friends. There's like a whole crew there, like all of his friends, the AR representative for his label and like his manager were there. And we have the engineers. He gets in this big fight. I'm literally like, oh my, I've never heard a grown man scream like that in my life before. Like <laughs> he's like fighting. And the whole time his friend is like, it, cause he's in like this collective. I can't remember what it's called, but like one of the guys in his collective's is in there. And he's just like rapping the, the bands playing. And, and he's just like, he's yeah. screaming at this guy. And like the engineer is like, like it's not happening and i was just like like are we like
0: is this okay
1: yeah and then like 10 minutes later their manager comes up to me he's like okay i need you to go buy like four like handles of casamigos and then i want (laughs) you to go get like some like wraps really quick and like so i just like you're
0: just like like, all all right
1: (laughs) so it was like it was kind of crazy i was like carrying like four hundred dollars worth of liquor like
0: to the studio
1: being like ah, you know like snacks,
0: for all and the blink, friends blink,
1: blink, blink. yeah so it was like a lot of that like going on runs for artists like going to get them food going to get them like helping the engineers like hey yeah, yeah. go move the microphone but um it was just an incredible experience this first world crazy artists there just people entourage. there was a whole I mean it's just incredible how much money was in the room sometimes it was just oh like my gosh and stuff. you're just like oh my god um so but but being in New York was incredible it's like exactly where I want to go after I graduate and like I said, I was just I was super lucky to be there, even though it's not music I produce. There's always something I've learned. Oh my gosh, so much yeah, just, to
0: learn in an there's area so that much you to haven't learn. had that much involvement with. Yeah.
1: Every genre, there's always something to learn. It, it, you know, there's no like, oh, I only specialize in this. It's like, no, a great engineer knows how to get the it's all about getting the best performance out of the artist and, and achieving their sound. And you can do that for any genre. I mean, there's people who like, oh, I prefer this comes kind of more natural, but you can a great engineers can produce anyone, you know. So
0: absolutely. That's kind of- is there anything else that um, you'd like to add before we go?
1: Um, no, I just, I guess, like, all I want to say is just thank you again. Like, again, I i feel, like, special. That's so nice of you to come <laughs> and talk to me. And, um, yeah, thank you again.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for being here, Grayson. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for listening. And be sure to join us next Monday at 9 a.m. on 90.5 WASU, WASUradio.com, or download the app, Appalachian 1800. 1800 seconds, 30 minutes, one half hour of news and information.